0: carrie adams and you're listening to carrie's connoisseurs coming to you from solid gold podcasts here we talk to the movers and shakers the drinkers the dreamers and all the people who make it happen in the liquor and luxury industries from around the world good morning everybody today in my studio i've got miles mossop you can see i don't have to tell you he's gorgeous i don't have to tell you he's one of my favorites because you know he is Miles, thank you for coming in to Kerry's Connoisseurs.
1: Oh absolute pleasure, Kerry. Thank you.
0: I don't know why you're in Johannesburg, because you're never very far from the sea.
1: She's these days I feel like I never get into the sea and work too hard. I think I haven't surfed since the middle of August. It's tragic.
0: You could have been surfing <laughs> in the vineyards from what I gather. I mean, I think Cape Town's been underwater since for most of the year, hey?
1: Yeah, we've had a crazy, crazy winter. A good one in the sense of real great cold units and a lot of rain, a lot of rainfall, and not just... Stellenbosch where I'm based, but places like the Swartland, where they generally get very low rainfall. Yeah. But obviously the two floods we had probably could have done without. Yeah.
0: Do you think, I mean, that was, Franschöck is absolutely in its glory from mm. what I can gather. It's just, do you think that that's really bad for the... For the harvest, for
1: the vintage. No, I don't. I don't particularly think so. I think obviously there are pockets and areas where guys have lost vineyards or they've lost topsoil and had massive erosion. That's never good. Yeah. Um, but it's quite isolated spots. Um, in general, for the for the harvest, no. Lots of rain and lots of cold is is great. And yeah. even that late flood that we had now in uh, what, what was that three weeks ago. Um, yeah, I don't easy. think you know we had some budding happening and we had some growth happening in the vineyards. But uh, if the disease control was done well and the weed control being properly handled, uh, we should be fine. We'd be fine.
0: Well, we're not going to worry about it because it's not going to help by yeah. worrying anyway. <laughs> we'll just see what comes of it. Exactly. So most of you might remember, Miles. <clears throat> for I certainly met you when you first started at Takara. Yeah, in 2000. Because you were Takara. I mean, you just he was there for 20-odd years, yeah. I think. And you just are synonymous with Takara. You will always be. <laughs> Um, and established that wine with GT mm. Pereira and it's gone on as you know to just be one of our culty type wines in South Africa. it's a beautiful property and it's beautiful wine. but you also in about 2004-05 established your own label yeah. your Miles Mossop label Miles Mossop Wines I think yeah. it's called hey and that's what we're going to talk about today because Miles when, when did you go on your own? About five or six years ago.
1: 2018. Yeah. One Was June, 2018.
0: So five years ago now. Yeah. So that's a big brave leap. Mm. Especially when you've had a, somebody like G.T. Ferreira looking after your bank account for you every month. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you don't have G.T. Ferreira paying you every month. And you've got to do your own thing and you've got to buy your own barrels and you've got to... Mm. Where, how, what? I know that you live close, quite close yeah. by to Takara. Do you still stay there?
1: Yeah, we live in a small holding about 1.8 hectares. But
0: you don't have a vine on your farm?
1: No, it's not a viable place to plant vineyards and grow grapes. I, st- I still continue to contract grapes in from outside okay. Yeah.
0: And where are the bulk of your vineyards?
1: She's spread quite far and wide. And initially, when I started, my wines were all pretty much based from... Stellenbosch, mm. although there was a small bit of Vionia that went into the Saske, which was from the Swatland. Mm. More so, the Saske has now become 100% Swatland. So that's Paderbach, which is Malmsbury side of the Swatland, mm. pretty much close to the, the likes of Adi and Austin, Eben Saadi, and David and Nadia. And then I get a little bit of Sinso from a similar area. And then the rest of my grapes are all from Stellenbosch um, for the, the Max, the Sam, the Kika, and then a couple of other wines as well. It's
0: interesting you say that. So I've got a really nice customer that I do events for. And next week I'm doing a wine tasting for him. And I said to him, he said, give me a couple of topics. What do Mm. you think we should be doing? And I said, well, we could do, you know, like Super Tuscan. I sort of think of Super Stellenbosch. So I said, should we do Super Stellenbosch? He said, yeah. And that's in fact why I was talking to Winnie Bowman when you came in this Mm. morning, because we were talking about what are our top six Super Stellenbosch Mm. cabs? Yeah. And it's just like So many more of them. You can choose any cab from Stellenbosch really, and it's nice.
1: Pretty much, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Cabernet Sauvignon from Stellenbosch. Yeah, me too. I have three wines currently that are dominated by Cabernet Sauvignon from Stellenbosch. I'm going to bring out a fourth uh, next year, a straight Stellenbosch Cabernet Sauvignon. So that's a large component
0: of my of my brand. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. So for those of you who don't know about <coughs> um, Miles' wines, you have to know about them because they're really, really good. I remember the first ones that we tasted was the introduction red and introduction mm. white, I think. Or did you make Max first?
1: No, I made Max and Saskia first because when I started my brand, it was tiny. Uh, GT at Takara allowed me to start my brand. Yeah. So I wasn't allowed to use Takara's grapes. I had to buy grapes in. And, um,
0: <laughs> that's
1: a so bit mean. No, no. Why no. did you
0: tell me? I would have, <laughs> I would have punished him for that.
1: <laughs> no, I prefer the separation. I think he did, and it actually it worked out Words, really, really yeah. well. Yeah. And the first two wines I made was a white blend and a red blend. And at the same time, this is 2004, myself my wife had started a family. Sasuke had been born. Max was on his way. Um, and um, I wanted to give these two blends names because I think a great blend deserves its own identity and its own name. And uh, for us, it was just logical. We were like, well, we've got these two young children in our lives dominating everything of our lives and, and still let's, do. Yeah they still do. And let's uh let's um, let's name the wines after the children and that started the theme of the family range. So,
0: so there's a family range from, from Miles Mossop wines mm. and we've got Max who is your son. And that is a Bordeaux style blend. Bordeaux yeah? style
1: blend from Stellenbosch. Yes, yes. Dominated by Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah.
0: And it is delicious. The last time I tasted it was really delicious. Mm. We've got better expeditives for that, but we'll keep it tidy <laughs> in case YouTube gets cross with that. Um, so there's, there's the Max, which is your Bordeaux style blend. Then you've got Saskia, which is what?
1: Saskia is what they now term a Cape white blend. So it's a Blanc dominated white blend with a Claret Blanche, Grenache Blanc, uh, viognier and Vedejo in it. So five varieties and that wine is 100% Paderberg, 100%
0: Swatland. Okay. Mm. Part of any of those old vines projects? Or there things, are a right? lot of
1: old vines in there. The, the Chenin Blanc uh, in this wine, the oldest block, is now 51 years old. The, uh, wow. the the next block is about 43 years old. And then the Claret Blanche is also around 43 years old. It's just the Grenache Blanc, the Viunia, and the vedejo, which make up, I'm just trying to remember the total percentage, but it's about 30% of the blend okay. are younger vines. So it doesn't qualify okay. as an old vines wine. Oh, I wine,
0: see. Okay, but do we but care? But it's majority old really vines. We really care about yeah. that. Um, The wine is nice. (laughs) 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 Then you may name one after your gorgeous wife.
1: Yeah, more recently. So that's the Sam. That's uh, That's the
0: Sam. And that's Sam. I had such a fun interview with Tim Atkin, actually, a little while ago here. And we were talking about all this stuff and we spoke about you. Because he likes that wine very, very yeah, much. Yeah, he
1: gave it 97 points. I
0: know. <laughs> Which is very nice for you. What's yeah. in there?
1: So this is Cabernet, I like to call it a Cabernet Sauvignon, but I do blend in a little bit of Merlot and Cabernet Franc into this. So it's 92% Cabernet Sauvignon.
0: Okay, so it's basically Dominated that. from
1: two blocks in the Polka Dry of Stellenbosch. And then there's a little bit of Merlot in there from the Baudelaire area. And then again, a little bit of Cabernet Franc from the Polka Dry area of Stellenbosch. So it's all Stellenbosch fruit and what it's my Polka flagship dry red. area? Yeah.
0: I don't know, it's, it's actually, sort of for me, it's the ugly duckling of the wine lands. It's not really not pretty. Yeah,
1: that and Butleray are probably it's, like on a par, but they produce like beautiful really wines. It's
0: really ugly, and it's got the best soils. I mean, yeah. it's producing some absolutely amazing Yeah, wines.
1: for me, I mean, Helderberg and Simonsberg are fantastic, and I have used fruit in my wines from yeah. there and in yeah. the Sam. Um, but they, they've got those deep red clay-rich soils, and you get a lot yeah. of growth, get big yields, and you end up with a more perfume, maybe slightly more herbal, Yes. Character in, the, in your border varieties. Mm. But because the Poco has got the highly decomposed weathered granite soils yeah. with a lot of gravel, a lot no. of sand texture in it, it's you delicious. get beautiful concentration. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: delicious. Yeah. I was tasting some wines the other day from um, from De Torren. It's mm. just like really classy wines, yeah. you know. It's really, but as I say, ugly duckling pylons all over the place and It looks like flat and marshy and horrible, but it's not really, is it? Oh, well, you move
1: up on the slopes, and then if you get up on those slopes, which sort of head over towards what we would call Stellenbosch-Kleuf, which is where Jordan and de on and them are, Mm. if you get over those slopes, they're well-drained, they've got good exposure. You can see False Bay, so you've got some beautiful sea breezes coming through in the afternoon, so it cools it down slightly. Um, Poorer soil, so you get low-yielding vines. Um, yeah, beautiful.
0: No, it is absolutely gorgeous. Mm. So, this Sam is a bit of a, a cab type blendy thing. Yeah. And then, what else have you. Oh, you made one for your father.
1: Yeah, I did. I
0: knew your father. <laughs> Not hugely well, but I met him a couple of times, and he was just. He was another one of those additive people in the wine industry. He was gorgeous. He loved to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he loved
1: a good bottle, of wine, a, a good a nice bottle c- of wine and then a good cigar at the end of the, end yeah, of the exactly. day. Yeah, exactly. So we,
0: we drank a couple of bottles of port together, your father and <clears> me, <throat> and smoked a few cigars together. <laughs> and he was lots and lots of fun. Tell us about Miles as a little boy.
1: Poof, I don't know. I grew up in Somerset West. Um, always loved my sports, loved my swimming, Got into surfing, much to my mother's uh, disgust, right. because she was worried about my my swimming. <laughs> and then even worse, when I hit high school, uh, I went to high school in Cape Town, uh, boarding school. Uh, I found water polo, so that was even worse. Because we know was,
0: about the boys in Cape Town and water polo. Yeah. There's a there's a teacher. There's a certain water polo teacher as well. Did you hear about
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> I heard about it. <laughs> Way after my yeah. time.
0: And <laughs> bad luck.
1: And. Um, yeah, and I got into water polo, but always loved my surfing, always loved my sport, and had no idea what I wanted to do, um, as all boys do when they leave school. You know? mm-hmm. Went to the army, thought that'll occupy sort me for that, a year, yeah. but it was supposed to be two years, and then it was reduced to one year. And um, even came out of the back end of that, and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Had applied at Stellenbosch University for BCom, and I'd applied at uh, UCT for a… Um, I think it was called, uh, sorry, a building science degree. Yes. And I had a lot of friends at Stellenbosch, and I thought, well, I'm going to go to that university because it seems like loads Much of fun. Much more fun <laughs> Wasted a year there completely. Then we came yeah. You know, I came back out and then went to study a BSc in geology, funny enough. I
0: know. Yeah,
1: and graduated as a geologist.
0: So you went from building science to geology. <laughs> yeah. so you were really a bit confused. And then
1: I came out of that, and my father said to me, he was involved in the wine industry. It wasn't his business, but mm. he had a small port farm, mm. port-producing property in Carlistorpe. And he was very involved in the industry when it comes to journalism and tastings yeah, and competitions. Yeah, it was great. And, you know,
0: very editor. He
1: used to run the uh, Diners Club Winemaker of the Year competition. He used to run the SAA selection tastings and all that kind of stuff. And then he was the one who suggested me. He said, have you thought about wine? I said, yeah, well, actually I have. So he said, well, why don't you go back and do that? I said, great, thanks, Dad. He said, but I'm not paying for this one.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good antidote. I said the same to Jonathan. I, you can go and do what you like, but I'm finished paying for you. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then I got involved in the wine industry. And so my father really probably gave me my grounding uh, in the wine industry. I suppose your
0: geology degree has helped you as far mm. as your soils and things are concerned. Because well, it's all about the soil. It did give really, me one so. year
1: off the degree because I, uh, it's a basic BSc yes, you start yes. with. So instead of having to do four years, I could do three. And even in my second year, there were a few um, modules that I didn't have to do. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then
1: it gave me a good grounding because I'd also done geochemistry. So the chemistry side, I was very What is
0: geochemistry? It's
1: the chemistry of rocks, how rocks weather, how water and minerals move. Yeah, it's very... I thought you were
0: going to say the chemistry of rock. I was going to say what, like Freddie Mercury (laughs) and Rod Stewart. I am... I've never heard about geochemistry before.
1: Now, when I started my geology degree, I was doing a major in ge- ge- geology and in zoology, because at first I thought yeah, I'd be interested more like in archaeology. Well. And then I realized, no, that's not really where my interest lies. <laughs> it lies in the chemistry side. So then I realized if I'm going to work as a geologist, I actually have to do geochemistry. Mm. So I had to do a little bit of a jig, rejig in my geology degree. And that gave me a great foundation in the chemistry of soils. Mm. And also because I had to do chemistry too at university,
0: it must With have been that, quite gave hard.
1: Me a, yeah, but it gave me a huge. Oh, I had such a huge advantage when it came to studying wine yeah. chemistry. Yeah, of, my I'm chemistry sure. was quite advanced. So. Why, yeah, it is, mm.
0: Marzi. Um, you had like a little bit of a break between university and mm. and um, and Takara. Did you go overseas?
1: Yeah, I worked some vintages overseas.
0: Yeah. Where so did you go and do? I,
1: yeah, So my final year practical that you have to do as a university student, I did at the Lima. Mm. Giles Webb at that point had an interest in spice roots. So I also did part of that harvest with Ibn. Met him for the first time there when he was the first you know, one at spice And root. That, was, that
0: was Charles Becker. He's yeah. such a visionary.
1: It was Charles, John and Platter, uh, John Jabulani, and, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and Giles. They yeah. were the partners, original partners in spice yeah. Root.
0: It was great. Uh-huh. And that was Urban's beginnings, yeah. hey? And yeah. yours, clearly.
1: Yeah, so I did my first harvest there and at Lima in 1998. And then when I graduated, I went to Australia. I went to um, South Australia to a region called Clare, which is north of Adelaide, north of mm. all those famous places like Barossa mm. and McLaren mm. Thank God. Um, and I worked in a winery called Napstein, which was owned by Petaluma. I think it still is. And we focused on… Where did
0: you make Chardonnay?
1: Oh, they made quite a lot of Chardonnay. They were known for their Rieslings, um, known for their Shiraz, but they made some great Cabernet Sauvignon as well. Um, those were the four main varieties that we mm. focused on. A little bit of Sauvignon Blanc, a little bit of Gewurztraminer. You know.
0: And came back. And did you did you actively look for the job at Tuckara? No. Or so the then I, I actually
1: you? came back, and then I went on a trip with my father and his uh, and, and my stepmom uh, Lynn and my brother, and we went and did a little stint tasting at Bordeaux of an Expo, and then we went to. Uh, well, we went to the, the, sorry, the Loire, and then we went on a barge trip. and mm. So I had a little bit of a That's stint fun. there, yeah. and then I came back, to, and then I went off to America, and I worked in Napa Valley. Did
0: you?
1: So I worked at a farm called um, Foniente, which is very… I'm starting
0: to love the wines yeah. of Napa, but they're so expensive. You can't buy them.
1: Yeah. And the nice thing about Foniente is they were in Napa, Chardonnay, Cabernet, Sauvignon, but they were more European in style than they were typical yes. Napa style. yeah. So I had a four-month harvest there, which was brilliant. I had a great time there. And then while I was there, I was looking for work in the States. I was struggling. I wanted to stay. Did you? Yeah, I really enjoyed it there. But I, mm. the visas were the issue. South mm. African passport. Mm. I had my, my internship visa, but that wouldn't extend to continued work there. And then I started applying for jobs in South Africa. And my father was the one who said, have you heard of G.T. Ferreira? <laughs> and I was like, no.
0: Who's <laughs> <Is> he? Who's <laughs> he? <laughs>
1: well, he's building this winery next to Thelima. <laughs> oh, that thing. I saw it going up last <laughs> year. And um, and uh, he said, well, Giles is um, the one hiring, and I'd worked there at the Lima. He said, maybe you want to send Giles an email. So I did, and um, very lucky to have got the job at Takora.
0: Well, it was a bit of a marriage made in heaven. It was good for both of you, actually. And and then, as you said, GT was benevolent enough to allow you to have your own label, yeah. which is quite good because a lot of wine own farm owners don't let that happen. But in your case, it was really, really good because – it gave you the next sort of avenue that you wanted to go down yeah. in your life, and that was to have your own sort of a thing. I think
1: yeah. All, so now we've got our yeah. family
0: stuff. You made something for your father as well. That's we, we got. Yeah. We digress. That's yeah. where we started off. I said you made something <laughs> for your father. You made a report, didn't you?
1: Yeah. I just so when he passed away in two thousand and five, he had the Axial brand, which was quite successful. Was I think at one support. stage it was one of the most successful single wines and platters. Gorgeous. So when, when he passed away I bottled the last vintage, the two thousand five that oh, he did made. He? And then we weren't quite sure what to do with the property and the brand. I, I knew Lynn and my stepmother wasn't going to want to run it and continue with it. So while we were deciding and thinking what to do with it, I made the next three vintages. Uh seven six, seven and eight. Yeah. And during that time we made it at Takara. So Lynn would go handle the picking, send it down in a truck. And I would, uh, um, I would also go visit sometimes to taste in the vineyards to decide when to pick. And then uh, we'd bring it into Takara, um, bring it down and in a coal truck and make it there. Mm. Um, GT allowed me to do that. And then in 2008, she started to go through the process of selling the property, the brand. Um, so when I made the last one in 2008, I was a little sad to stop making port. Uh, start having, well, would love to continue with Axial, but it wasn't. A commercially viable did kind you, of project. Did
0: you, no, it wasn't really. I mean, nobody's ever going to make it. it before. I couldn't take it over,
1: and firstly, I wouldn't be able to take it over while at Takara. I would have had no. to le- leave Takara. Yeah. And at that point, it wasn't going to be financially viable no. to do it. So.
0: What happened to Misty Cliffs? Was it called Misty yeah, Cliffs? Yeah, Misty
1: Cliffs right? sold No, we, 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 sell sell that, we sold that about five years after he passed away. Okay. Yeah. That's actually what uh, the money I got from that is what's putting my children through university. Okay, good. I put it into a fund and said that you could be, Tony, that could be Tony's contribution love. to the…
0: Oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah,
1: so then uh, in 2019, I was… Well, 2018, I was having a casual conversation with Mornay from Del He was telling me about this lovely Tariga National Vineyard in um, the Fora area, which used to be part of the old Bridel property. Yes. And um, he could probably get me some excess, some additional fruit. fruit. So I said, well, geez, I'd love to make a port again. So I brought out a port. Uh, it's a vintage reserve style, so it's quite a serious style. Um, 90 grams of sugar about eight, 19% alcohol and we make it very much in the axial way foot treading and all that mm. and um, and I brought it out in 375 ml bottles, so a similar size bottle to the Kika and we call it Tony's Cape Vintage Reserve
0: that's very special then you've got other ones. yeah what you've got chapters tell, tell me about <laughs> chapters what is that
1: yeah you know there's That's the one thing about winemakers is we love to play around with stuff and complicate it. My
0: best is Bruce Jack. Oh, yeah. Brucey Jack, honestly, he needs to write a book. He's got about 2,000 labels. I said, just keep it simple, stupid. Well, the The labels are a book. If you just took each one (laughs) of (laughs) them. The customer doesn't know which is which is which is which.
1: No, I think uh, think I've got quite nice clarity in my ranges now. So I've got the family range, which is… There's four of the them here: yeah, the yeah. Susque, the Max, the Kika, and. Just let's and show everybody, Sam.
0: so this is a, guys. They're lovely labels as well. I love these labels. And there's that's, a story about these labels. Yeah, hey. that's my wife's. Uh, yes, that's my wife's that's her business, yes. It's So pretty. Yeah, buy buy this. It's really really <laughs> delicious wine. I promise you, I'm going to use it next week. Oh, no, but it's not the cab. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> is that available in in um, Johannesburg?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. We just came up actually this week to do the launch of this. Okay. So I did it, uh, a tasting yesterday, and we're showing it around. And
0: okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's the Max, that's the family range. Yeah. So we've got Max, we've got Saskia, we've got Sam. We've got Kika. have got your Kika, and we've got your dad.
1: The Tonys, yes. So that's my flagship range. Done. Nice and easy. Then at a price point below that, we have what we call the chapters range, and those are single terroir, single varietal wines. So I have, currently I have three chapters, and they all have numbers. This is where it gets a little confusing, yes. but I'm going to drop the numbers so it'll <laughs> be a little more clear. We have a Swartland Synto, yes. which is sort of fresh, crisp, twelve and a half percent alcohol, yeah, really crunchy. Uh, we had a yesterday lunch, and everyone actually that's probably what most people drank nice. at lunch.
0: Delicious. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so that's from the Swartland, and uh, that that matures in concrete, and we keep it very nice and fresh for one year. Then we have a, a Chillon from the uh, from Stellenbosch, old bush vine, registered old vines, planted nice. in eighty two, fermented in barrels, but mostly older barrels, and um, it's it's got nice richness and texture, which again, we keep it nice and fresh. So 13% alcohol. I'm, I'm
0: almost inclined to say that I think I prefer Stellenbosch Shinnon to Swatland
1: yeah, So I had a Swatland Shinnon in the, in the range, and I have stopped doing it because my preference, I want right. to keep things simple, was the Stellenbosch. But that was yes. just my preference. Do I do love think? the Swatland Shinnon in this blend. In these blends, yes. it works exceptionally
0: well. That's old, very old vines though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I was chatting to somebody the other day, and I I think what happened w- long ago was nobody was really very interested in Shannon Blanc, other yeah. than for Brandy. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I said to Tim Atkin, actually, I said yeah. to him, I'm sure that the guys at the KWV said just Bugger off to the Swatland or wherever. You know it's ugly there. No, nobody's going to look at you. It's dry. It's hot. It's terrible. Just go and plant Shannon Blunt there. I think also because and it, we'll it, use there for the brandy. It, it
1: can grow in poor soils and hot climates and, and it's still so produce generous, a lot of yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Such a generous grape. So, yeah. I th- but I honestly do believe that the Shannon's from Swart uh, from Stellenbosch. Yeah. If we look at them. The nicest Chenins in the country are from St. I think. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get shot down in <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Eben. Although you know what, I don't think Eben makes a Chenin from the st- from the Swartland.
1: No, he's got a new one now called the Rotsbank.
0: That's right. He's got just one,
1: and that's from another vineyard, um, yes. and it is a beautiful old vineyard, and the wine is stunning. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah.
0: And I think that I think that the modern news make theirs from the Swartland, don't
1: they? Yeah, yeah they're, they're single terroir. Um, yeah. Shinnens off from the Swatland. So they've got the Syrah and the you know, the single. We're just a bit
0: biased. I think Stellenbosch is, <laughs> is one I, royalty, full <laughs> I is. live in Stellenbosch. It so is sort I've
1: had most my entire career there. So, yeah. so
0: that's our family. Then yeah. we've, got, we've got these chapters. So at yeah. the moment, is chapter one the Sinsa? Sinsa, yes. What's hmm. chapter two?
1: That's the Swatland and that I don't do anymore.
0: <laughs> so you can't have Sorry, one. guys. This is getting very confusing. <laughs> okay.
1: Then we have chapter three. So you
0: can't have chapter two anymore. Not anymore.
1: anymore. Last vintage was twenty twenty one. Chapter three, uh, Stellenbosch uh, Chillon old vines Chillon That we want.
0: Yeah,
1: that's beautiful. What
0: sort of what are we paying for those? They retailing two,
1: between from me two ninety five direct, and I see them on the shelves between three hundred and three hundred and twenty five rand a bottle.
0: Okay, so those. the chapters
1: are all line priced.
0: Yeah. Okay, oh are they? Yeah.
1: yeah. Can
0: you make money out of line pricing stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it works. Um, I suppose
0: I, you wouldn't do it if you didn't. Yeah. yeah. Chapter four.
1: That is a old vines. Sauvignon Blanc.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: I know. This is weird. I was going to drop that because it didn't old make sense. Old wine
0: Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah.
1: So it's a vineyard plant in 86 in Stellenbosch. Bushvine vineyard, low yielding, fermented in older barrels, whole bunch of pressed um,
0: okay.
1: natural ferment wine. And it's a, it's a Sauvignon Blanc. So you
0: blanc. barrel ferment. So it's like a bit of a…
1: Yeah, Blanc me, but there's no the, the barrels are old. There's yeah. no oak influence and there's no woody character. <laughs> and
0: Marzi, where are you making all these wines?
1: I rent cellar space in the Polka Dry in Stellenbosch. Do you? Yeah.
0: And you make everything in that everything same cellar? Everything in seller. that same
1: cellar, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and then, then
0: and then you also make one for Liz Sweden. Sweden, Sweden yeah. Mm. The yeah, high road. The, high, the high road. Should yeah. we talk about those?
1: Yeah.
0: Or, no, I'm going to charge him airtime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll just add it to my bill. Just my add it to your bill. bill. <laughs> we'll
0: go out for lunch, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing for Liz?
1: So, Liz is has a brand called The High Road. It's been in existence, I think, almost as long as my brand. Maybe 2003 was the first vintage. He focuses very much on Bordeaux varietals, Cabernet-dominated Bordeaux varietals um, from Stellenbosch. Uh, The cellar is based in an area called Bosmans Crossing, so it's a light industrial area in uh, in Stellenbosch. It's another pretty place. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, no, it actually is quite a pretty place. There's a lot of development happening there right now with a new new, uh, college that's gone up there, a business... Marketing okay. Business College has gone up there. Right next to De Chia. Oh, okay. And that's where we make the wines. And we source the fruit. He's a bit like me where it's contract grape grows to grow grapes for you. Yeah. Source the fruit all from the Helderberg. So it's Helderberg um, Bordeaux blends, and we make three wines. We've got a, his top-end wine called Director Reserve, which mm. is Cabernet Sauvignon, typical left-bank style Bordeaux blend. Um, Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot, Cabernet Franc Petit Verdot. Um, And then we make a Classique, which is his, I would like to call it more right bank or Merlot dominated style Bordeaux blend, which is again Merlot and Cab Sav, again Cabernet Franc, Petit Vidot and sometimes Malbec. And then he makes a straight Cabernet Sauvignon from Stellenbosch.
0: And you make all those wines for him?
1: Yeah, I make all those wines for him in, in that cellar.
0: Yeah. So you're a busy, boy. At, at yeah, the time of this yeah. Time.
1: Keep us keeps me very busy. Do but you at have least anybody
0: to help you in this? I've
1: got a young gentleman who helps me. So the cellar where our rent space. There is staff. And there's equipment, and everything's there. I do have a young guy by the name of Childwin who works for me, and he will help me out during harvest to do, because we pretty much do everything with the help of the staff no, in the cellar. Busy,
0: a bit hectic because yeah. you've got <coughs> vineyards all over the place. Yeah, and you've sampling. got to schlep all that stuff. You've got mm. to go from one vineyard to the yeah. next to see when it's ready to pick. Yeah, and then get Then you've got to harvest the shit. Then you've yeah. got to get it into that cellar. Yeah. And you're making like, quite a lot of different, different wines. Yeah. Hey?
1: yeah. So then I have, but the thing with Les's wine, it's made in a cellar where it is fully equipped, fully staffed. And I don't need to get two hands on there. Yeah. I can literally walk in, taste the tanks, give instructions, mm. write it down, mm. walk out, and I know the, the work will get done.
0: Um, So it's done in a
1: very efficient manner. Um, Yeah.
0: It would be. I think Les was an insurance man. Yeah, he was. Wasn't he?
1: Yeah. That's where he started his business.
0: Mm. Yeah. You obviously make a lot more money in insurance than you do in wine farming (laughs) because there's a couple of insurance people who've made quite a lot of money, if you think of it.
1: Yeah. And then they get a wine farm.
0: They (laughs) stay Yeah. Yeah. You're Wendy. Wendy.
1: A- you the Antoinins with um. Antoinins, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's we should have
0: gone into insurance, but anyway. So we've got the chapters, the four chapters, one of which we can't get anymore. So there's yeah. actually a there chapter. But
1: I'm going to bring, out a fourth. It's going to be a Stellenbosch Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh. So that's going to complete the range: four wines: sinso, Stellenbosch Chenin Blanc, Stellenbosch Sauvignon Blanc, and a Cabernet Sauvignon.
0: Then, do you still do? Do you still do your introduction, yes. red and white?
1: Yeah. So then that's the next tier, if you want to call it that, below yeah. in price point. Yeah. And the white is a Blanc, and uh, we make it in a, quite a fresh fruit-driven style, but mm. I do ferment some in barrels, so we get some nice complexity and richness in the wine. Mm. Um, and that is actually a combination of Stellenbosch and a little bit of Swartland fruit. And then I make the introduction red, which is a Cabernet Sauvignon-dominated blend with some sinso in it.
0: It is such unbelievably good value for money wine. If you're having a party... Introduction, red, and yeah. white are the two words that you need to have, and they are readily available in Johannesburg. I know they are at Norman Goodfellows. Yeah. And um, if you feel like spoiling yourself just a teensy bit more, then you just take a few up. more exactly. steps up the ladder, yeah. hey? Exactly. Miles. What uh, what of your children? They don't want to come and take at over the your business?
1: M- at the moment, none interested. Uh, my hope lies, is, is now resting on Kika, the youngest. She's 15. <laughs> she seems to be the most eager to try some wine at the table. She's the most creative is she? of all the children. Because
0: you do um, need to be creative. Um, to she's the most, the
1: most probably gregarious as well. Um, Saskia might uh, might challenge her there. But <laughs> you need to have a certain amount of personality is, to sell the in wine. That in the family, <laughs> family. <Yeah. laughs> Um, so she perhaps she has shown some interest. Zaskia, um, who's the eldest, who's studying business, amazing academic, achieving the highest highest mm. results at university, um, is only interested in running business and making money. But she's not dating a winemaker, who, funny enough, also surfs.
0: Oh really? Her mother, I think, is. She's got a bit of a out. father complex. Perhaps I don't, know. Maybe, I don't know. What have you done?
1: <laughs> So, maybe there's hope, who knows? Maybe, maybe they, one day no, he comes into the business. Well, she I don't
0: know. he can run the business yeah. and he can make the wine.
1: And I can go surfing.
0: And you can go surfing. You're still going to surf when you're 150 I plan
1: to surf until I cannot okay. stand up anymore on a board. Really? And then I'll probably sup because then I just have to Have you to stand ever up on a board. been
0: bitten by <clears> anything?
1: No. Not caught
0: by a shark
1: or anything? No, like no. I've had sharks swim around me, I've had sharks in the water with me. Um, <laughs> I've never been in the water when someone's been attacked. Or or been properly charged or had any incident, but I have seen them in the water with me. Yes, sometimes they haven't been great whites, but I have had w- on one occasion I had one <laughs> really big great white I swimming around a us. Part of yeah, shocks. that wasn't fun.
0: I don't do anything that doesn't have eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> so That's
1: maybe a good policy. You, think,
0: you know, if you do zoology, they teach you all those genuses and there's certain sort of sp- species and and they put they classify them, and I think there needs to be one an eyelashless
1: Well, there's pretty much mammals excluding whales. I don't know. Do whales and dolphins have
0: eyelashes? I'm not sure. They don't. I don't think they have. But if you think of the things without eyelashes. Sharks? (laughs) Snakes? (laughs) Snakes. Lizards? Spiders. Tortoises. Spiders have got eyelashes. They're quite nice.
1: Oh, you like 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 spiders. Okay.
0: They've got eyelashes. Cypriots? They don't have eyelashes. (laughs) (laughs) They're very reptilian. (laughs) I'm only joking, but anything no. mostly without eyelashes is not to be recommended. <laughs> S- the sea, did you grow up on the beach Why your huge love for the uh, sea? What, my, uh, where did through it come my parents,
1: from? both of them. I grew up in Somerset West, so not on the beach, but very close to Strand. Uh, my father used to surf in his younger days, but then he stopped surfing and he took up kayaking, but in the sea, and then he took up paddle skiing, actually. So he was a okay. paddle skier. Uh, my mother grew up in Durban. And was always a great swimmer, and always hung out. And then she went when they moved to Cape Town. Uh, she went to Ellerslie in um, in Sea Point, and so she always hung around the lifeguards and the surfers, and that was <laughs> her thing. I think that's how she met my father. Um, so she was always well, it's a big not a beach. Bad place she was, to a, pick and up she was always a great enough. swimmer, and loved to body surf. And so she was always at the sea, and we always went on holiday to the sea. I mean, if we weren't um, up the west coast diving crayfish um, with the friends or staying in Langebaan, but going to the beach, we were going to. Um, we would spend a lot of our holidays, especially in January, we spent spend a lot of holidays in Plett. And that's where I learned to so surf.
0: So life was tough? Yeah. No. By yeah. the sound <laughs> of that. So I learned to surf. Really tough I learned life. to
1: surf. There's a, f- I learned to surf in, I think my mother says, probably when I was six or seven years old on one of those holidays in Plett. In Plet. And then I got hooked.
0: That's where there's lots of shocks. I had a house in Plett for a long time. Mm. And every year there's a granny or a grandpa or somebody yeah. who goes swimming and gets and caught used, by that robbery. We used to swim
1: out to, we used to swim on, uh, um, Bi Beach, which is Hobie yes. Beach, which is now Central Beach. Yeah, we, we used to in the mornings we would swim out to the blinders and around the blinders yeah. and back as kids. It's hectic. I mean, I would never do that now.
0: No,
1: actually, really I don't There's think I even get in the water. There's
0: that great day. white that sort of hangs around Roburg
1: there.
0: Yeah, I've never have
1: three or five of them now.
0: Then, well, I mean, it's like thirty-five years on or so. So yeah. I think I don't know how long does a shark live? About ten. About that length? No. Fifteen? No, 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 they get. Do they get that old? Yeah,
1: and they don't stop growing. That's
0: really, they, do get they so keep big. growing. Yeah. It's a bit like the, fam- the female species as well. <laughs> we also just keep growing. <laughs> no god. <laughs> yeah, you better shut up, otherwise <laughs> all those women who love you are going to say we <laughs> don't, we don't anymore. Um, yeah, they used to, and there's massive—not a colony, what? this, a what of sharks? A pod of sharks? I don't yeah. know what it is. A pod of whales. I don't know what it is. Hamids. In plate, lots and lots of I've surfed yeah. them, especially
1: at what they call the wreck, and, which yes. is in the corner there, Robic. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, aside from surfing, oh, oh, I know what we were going to talk about quickly. I want, to, I want you to tell everybody about your labels.
1: Yes, because okay. Sam does your labels. Sam and does are beautiful.
0: Labels, yes. Is she an artist by trade?
1: No, she's not. But she is very artistic and very creative. She is a interior decorator and designer. Um, uh, based in Stellenbosch. She does mostly private homes, but she's done some commercial stuff as well. But she has, a, if, if you came to my house, you would see. Um, she mm-hmm. has an amazing feel for color, texture, love favorite you. thing of fabrics. I also
0: but, love fabrics. But
1: her other favorite thing are flowers. So we have a large property. We're very blessed to have that property. And we have essentially a very large garden. And my it's wife it's is beautiful. always busy when she's Me not too. busy with her business. She's in a garden. Sounds
0: like And she's always
1: planting flowers and she's always picking flowers. And every week, we get fresh flowers Every single house. I mean, our house is just full of flowers. Oh, so when it came so to the labels, special. I was I was going to do a very simple, minimalist, thing. just max. <laughs> nothing else on the front label, and some information on the back label. And um, I showed this concept to my wife, and she just said, "No, nope, you need to. We need to draw someone to the label. We need color. And uh, well, the I concept mean, came just up so with flowers.
0: Pretty, isn't yeah. it? And
1: it's just. Yeah, we were up the west coast in flower season, and obviously there are not a lot of poppies there, but. There are sometimes in the dunes. There's some yeah. in the poppies. And we were having a fantastic time. There's kids, those little
0: red wild yeah. poppies that they've got. You get those me. little
1: purple ones as well. Yeah. And um, my wife said, no, we need to put flowers on because it's the children, spring, poppies, new mm. beginning, new life. Mm. Um, and, and that's how the concept came. And it's, the labels have changed a little bit o- over the time, but all of them have the poppies on the labels.
0: Yeah, I know. They, they really are mm. beautiful. Aside from wine making and and um, surfing what else do you do
1: <laughs> funny enough i got back into playing water polo quite recently i used to <laughs> play a lot of water polo at school okay. and university and then university finished and i just stopped and then my children started finding the, the love for the sport and mm. my wife suddenly saw a different like i'd go watch rugby and cricket and hockey and netball mm. and and i would like just be like a very uh, I wouldn't be one of the. I would be one of those parents who would be, wouldn't Nothing be involved. Not get too
0: involved, yeah.
1: As soon as they like, found me next to a water polo pool, I was screaming at the ref and <laughs> shouting. And my wife said to me, I can't, I can't sit with you. I'm not me.
0: coming you with need to, you
1: anymore. You need to do something about this. Either you coach or something. And I said, yeah. no, you know what? I'm going to start playing again. So I play water polo. Okay, I, I that's love it. good. Um, and I swim to keep fit for surfing. And the other thing, kite surfing with my son. I taught him how to kite surf for the last few years. So, We'll kite surf a bit together, and I like fishing. Oh, really. Yeah. So again, all the water.
0: All, oh, the water, what all your the water, water. Baby. I try to get into
1: mountain biking because I live in the mountains, oh, and, no, please, and the don't bike. Mountain. Eventually, my wife just said, "Do you look at that bike? It's just, just get rid it. of it." Yeah, yeah. So I sold it this year.
0: So, and you know, people have very bad accidents. So, did you buy yeah. another surfboard? Bought another surfboard. They have bad accidents on those bicycles. I have a friend who <clears throat> pretty much had to have like a whole like hip and leg reconstruction. Yeah, yeah. He I've got fell a friend off who broke his, his neck. <laughs> No, no, it's not worth it. No. I my bicycle hangs on a hook in my garage.
1: That's what mine was doing, gathering <laughs> I mean, I've dust. Been there
0: for about two hundred <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. what is your favourite wine out of your Ugh. lineup of wines? I know it's a horrible question, but just pick one. It can be no, it, tomorrow. No, it would be this.
1: It would be the same. Is it? Yeah. Is it the yeah, same? Yeah. It's my flagship. It's our most expensive wine. It's probably the one that's uh, I th- it gets the highest accolades, although. This one often gets consistently sticky. Gets great, great ratings. We,
0: you make great sticky wine. You always have it. Yeah, I think I j- it I came some, from your father's genes.
1: Yeah, perhaps. I've always I loved so. stickies. When, I I, I, when, I had the, when we had the first two children and I already pretty much had the wines, so it was just allocating the kids' names to the wines. When it came to Kika come, being born, in 2008 she was born, I, I had to come up with a new wine. <laughs> a lot of people say, oh, you've got a white and a red, you have to have a rosé, or what about a bubbles? Mm. Long think about it, I was like, you know, you know what, we make great sweet wines oh, in Africa. We do, I mean, and I'd be I mean, making some at Takara already, yes. Savignon Blanc, from yes. their vineyards out in Elgin. And um, I was like, no, Blanc makes great sweet wines, and easy. I've got Blanc as one of my so that themes. sticky
0: one is it a noble late or is, noble it, late, yeah. is it?
1: Yeah, so it's quite tricky to make. Um, we have to. Go and into do the you vintage.
0: inoculate for botrytis, or do you, no, does it just it happen? it just happens.
1: So we've got to wait. Okay. So there are vintages where I've skipped where I haven't got botrytis. So mm. this is the twenty twenty three, the previous vintage that I produced was twenty twenty one. We didn't make it twenty twenty two. So that was a bit of a disaster because sure I had no th- stock performance. I'm sure you
0: don't make too many bottles, hey?
1: 2,900 half bottles.
0: Yeah, it's not yeah. a hell of a lot of wine, yeah. hey? Yeah. Marzi, where's your biggest market? Are you exporting your wines?
1: Germany and the UK, they're sort of, I'm always they're always asking who's bigger now, you know, because it's always like mm. a little competition between mm. them, which is great. Uh, Germany and the UK are my two biggest markets. Yeah. Um, uh, although, Sorry. Actually, the UK, sorry, South Africa is my biggest market, but in export terms, yes, Germany and UK a, yes. make up probably yes. equivalent to what I sell in South Africa.
0: Really? Yeah, it's a nice balance actually. Yeah.
1: Now it's good to have a good dis- domestic market. Well, you've got to
0: have a, a reasonable domestic market, but with the with the exchange rate such as it is, I yeah. mean, who wants a local market? You don't. Yeah, sell so it all overseas. Nice to, nice to <laughs> hedge got, a little bit. You got another few years of university to pay for. <laughs> no, no, you know? no, no.
1: <laughs> so I keep coming up with new wines. <laughs> what
0: are we going to? What are we going to eat with the sam? So we ha- we've decided this is our favourite. So what it, are we going to cook with it?
1: This for me. Um, so with a max, which is the Bordeaux blend, I would be looking more at like lamb. Um, you know, maybe veal. With this, you're definitely looking at probably more beef. than likely beef, um, or an oxtail. Stew, um, lamb shank could work pretty well with it as well. Um, something
0: big and rich, generally, yeah, and
1: maybe not something on a hot day like today, but oh, we no. could—I'm sure we could find. Then, if you're looking for vegetarian options, then it would be something like a. a, a we mus- don't want
0: vegetarian. It would be options.
1: like a musaka or something like that. You no, don't like do vegetarian. Veggies. It's like showing no.
0: with a raincoat on. Why would you even get in the shop? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you bother to eat if you're not going to have something nice on your plate? That's
1: generally my approach. <laughs> I do have a vegetarian for a well, daughter. We, we, a daughter for vegetarian. we always a vegetarian laugh vegetarian. because <laughs> you
0: farmer boys are all so funny, and and you, <laughs> your vegetarian option is chicken. Chicken, exactly. <laughs> And then we'd have. <laughs> Oh, Marzi, yeah. your wine is gorgeous. Thank you for coming to see Absolute me. Absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you for your time. Um, yeah.
0: We can get this everywhere. It's all over in South Africa. Yep. It starts off, I'm trying to think what the entry-level pricing for the introduction it's red b- and white is. It's under 100 red, is no, it just no, over 100? No, no. It's no, it's now in the region of 150. 150. Is it 150? Yeah. It's still fine. Yeah. Um. And they go up to, what's the same? at the Just around a 1,000 a rand a bottle. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So you can choose. You can choose. You can have something entry-level, something medium, like a sl- real Goldilocks. Yeah. Small, medium, large. And they are absolutely delicious. I promise you, just as delicious as you are. You're still so (laughs) cute. We loved having you. And we will put all of this into into my um, newsletter and stuff. And maybe I'll see if I can make a plan with Terry. See if we can put some of the wines into the little Solid Gold online shop for a bit. See if we can sell some for you.
1: That would be awesome. Thank you. They're
0: so delicious, guys. I really do I you to try some. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. It was awesome.
0: Cheers. <laughs>